Welcome family, friends, and new friends to our podcast, They Actually Survive. I'm your host, Selena. And I'm your co-host, Andy. So this is a podcast that's going to take us through thrilling stories of survival from natural disasters to nature to true crime. Uh, if you're new to this, welcome. And Andy's going to be talking about what is your story going to be today? Uh, my story is for Aaron Ralston. Uh, I thought this was a pretty famous story. It's one of the first ones I, I that came to my mind when you and I were first discussing this show. But Aaron, um, if you've heard, he was the guy who was uh, uh, mountain climbing and he had his arm pinned under a rock and he had to amputate it to save himself. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> what about you? My story today is about Kristen and uh, she was uh, going down a river and got attacked by a hippo. Oh, so man. this one's going to be exciting. So I was exceptionally excited to read the story. So um, very heart stopping and very scary moments. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm really excited about this one. Mm -hmm. So going back to the guy, mm -hmm. do you think that you'd be able to to really like cut my own arm off? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I want to say no, because <laughs> I am, uh, something about me is that I'm really particular about my hands, like, like paper cuts, getting them cotton things like that's my, one of my biggest fears. You know, I, I'd rather have the, the game of, would you rather, well, would you rather, you know, lose an arm or lose your, like lose the other, I don't care what it is, lose me the other thing. Really? <laughs> but more specifically if i'm in a situation where a body part is caught i it would take a lot for me to mentally get to that state of preparation in order to do what needs to do in order you know to to, to amputate i mean i'm i'm not in that situation right now so every instinct is telling me oh just wait someone yeah. will come <laughs> someone me. will find you yeah and that'd be me too <laughs> i don't know if that's the right call you never know if that's the yeah. right call yeah exactly uh that reminds me i don't know why but that reminds me of that horror mm. movie from stephen king i think it was mm. called the mist and uh they're deciding mm. whether they're gonna finalize their life like the mist is coming and right. they're going to oh this is spoilers but it's like a 20 year old movie but anyways yeah it's at the very end i think <laughs> yeah I've heard of exactly this ending. yeah yeah and and they're deciding you know and and it finally comes the ending comes and he decides to like they decide to off themselves the one guy's still standing and the troops and everybody come in the army comes right. in so he was like the last man standing he was supposed to have killed himself but they rescued them in a sense you know so it was like right and now he's got to live on with that yeah know, horror Jesus. and knowledge of what yeah, has been done yeah being in that survival situation of course we always talk about you never know what your mindset would be but mm. i don't know honestly if i could do that that's that's i would always hold out hope somebody's mm -hmm. gonna come somebody's gonna come you know mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh i guess there's a chance that they may not come and you got to help yourself. And, you know, we find this quite a bit in a lot of these survival stories is people have to help themselves, you know, yeah. you got to figure it out. A so. little bit of preparation, a little bit of luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you start first. I'm really interested in your story. So this is the story of Aaron Ralston. Uh, it happened on April 26, 2003, and he was 27 at the time. He was canyoneering in the Blue John Canyons, located in Wayne County, Utah. 
when this all occurred. He was descending the canyon when he came across a large boulder blocking the path and began to climb over it. So he's going down the side of a, a canyon. Vertically, he runs into a boulder and decides to climb around the boulder. And as he does so, his body weight shifts the boulder and it locks his arm against the wall. He ends up getting pinned in place. Now, he wasn't dangling. He actually had like a, 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 small, a small ledge. So he was able to just kind of stand in this, you know, arm upright position. Um, and he ended up being there for like five days <laughs> just in that position. Wow. So see, he was waiting for mm -hmm. somebody to come rescue him. Yeah. So Aaron began to ration his supplies, knowing that if help was on the way, the search would be centered on his last known location. The issue is Aaron didn't let anybody know where he would be. Now Again, I, here we go, back to that. Let everybody know where you're going to be, right? Right, exactly. And I, I do want to kind of uh, interrupt my own um, uh, written summary here to say that Aaron is not an idiot. He's had a lot of experience climbing mountains and peaks. This is not his first climb. He's very, very uh, adventurous. He loved going on adventures growing up, and it continues even to this day after this survival story. If I recall correctly, this was just so one of his like weekend, you know what, I'm going to go out for a walk. But his version of a walk is to go climb something, ride a bike, you know, on a trail, something like that. And so he didn't think to leave a note. He admits after the fact, like, that was really stupid. I totally should have left a note. I didn't leave a note. I didn't tell anybody. And that's ultimately why I got into the mess that I got into. And it wasn't just that uh, he went straight into this canyon either. If, as I recall, he was driving his truck to this particular location with his bike in the back, parked his truck, got onto his bike, and then rode up a mountain as high as he could, parked the bike, climbed the rest of the mountain to the very top, got to the top, and then rappelled down the mountain. And he was then going to go back to his truck, drive closer to the bike, and pick up the bike and go home. But it was during that part of walking back to his truck, he finds his canyon and, and is thinking, I'm going to climb that too. I'm going to climb down it. And so that, that's how he gets into the situation that he's in. That, that's, that's everything he's done up until this point. You know, it always seems to me that mm -hmm. uh, when a change of plans happens, that happens to me in my life. When mm -hmm. I'm going on a path and I just out of nowhere change my plans and go somewhere else, that's when something happens. <laughs> it, it could just be that you didn't account for it. I mean, you are changing your plans live. You didn't think about this thing that could have come up, but now it's come up. And now you've got this moment of pause of going, uh-oh, what do I do now in this case? I, I didn't think about it. Uh, in his case, his boulder just decided to uh, shift under his weight and pin his arm up to up to the canyon walls and, and you know get him stuck there. Now, as a mechanical engineer, he attempted to rig a method that would allow him to push the boulder aside using his feet. It didn't work. So he, there he is trying to move the boulder and, and free himself over these first three or so days, and it's not working. Despite his technical expertise, uh, it, it's just not sufficient enough to move this heavy boulder. So after yeah, three he days, was the best man for the job in a sense, being right. an engineer, but the fact that he couldn't do it, then probably nobody could do it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. After three days of rationing his food and water, 
Aaron began planning on what he would need to do to free himself. He recorded a video message of his final goodbyes. He practiced his tourniquet and bandaging skills before using the knife on his multi-tool to begin to amputate his right arm. On the fifth day of being trapped, he noticed that his arm had begun decomposing from the lack of circulation, and he knew it was time. I want to interrupt here as well, because later on uh, afterwards, he comments that the time that he chose to amputate his arm was just the right moment. Had he gone into this, you know, getting pinned and, and, and immediately went to, well, I'm pinned, I have to cut my arm off now. Uh, he admits that he likely would have bled to death just because of the circulation, right? The circulation was still flowing. Uh, yeah. And now that he was pretty dehydrated at this point, blood wasn't as free flowing through his body and it didn't leave him with as much blood to bleed out with. So this, this kind of all it was happened. strategic. Yeah. It, it, it just as happened it perfectly. <laughs> um, so he ends up, and this is hard for me to read because again, the, the arm thing and the hand thing I just mentioned earlier about myself, he torques his arm to the point of breaking the bones that he knew he wouldn't have been able to cut through with his tiny little multi-tool. After an hour of cutting using this two-inch multi-tool, he was able to separate his arm and rappel down the rest of the 65 feet to the bottom of the canyon and hike out single-handedly. Once out of the canyon, it would be an eight-mile trek back to his truck. After six miles, he ends up meeting a family, uh, Eric, Monique, and Andy Mayer, who fed and hydrated him as they called in to the local authorities. Now, fortunately, Aaron's family had just reported him missing that morning, and there was already a search in the nearby park. Oh, thank God. In that, that area. Yeah. Yeah. So they were pretty close. <laughs> Good. Um, and, and even at this point, I think it was his co-workers who noticed first, because uh, this was supposed, this is something that he'd done over the weekend. And then in, it led into the work week and his co-workers were thinking, hey, where's this guy? I mean, we normally know where he's at. And does anybody know? Did, did he say anything to anybody? No. And that kind of caused the chain of reaction of, hey, call his family. Hey, call his friends. Does anybody know where he is, or why he's missing? So by then. He had lost 40 pounds. Oh, my God. A, that's a lot. <laughs> and uh, about a quarter of his blood. According to Aaron, if he had amputated earlier, he would have bled to death before being found. And if he didn't amputate, he would have died under that boulder. Now, after the fa after they rescued, uh, after he was rescued, they did go back to retrieve the arm that he left behind. It took 13 people, a winch and a hydraulic jack to move the boulder and recover that arm which he then cremated uh, and scattered in the canyon for his 28th birthday <laughs> a few months later. Uh, he, he ends up um, uh, writing a book about this, and he, he's got like the greatest title for it, too. I believe it's called Between a Rock and a Hard Place, which is just way too perfect of a title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he's also a motivational speaker uh, to this day. So wow. that's Aaron Ralston. That's the story of the dude who got pinned under a rock and had to amputate his arm. That is insane. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. The fact that they went back and had to put so many, I mean, in a sense that has to put him at ease a bit that mm -hmm. he did everything that he possibly could. Mm -hmm. And it took so many people to even retrieve it. Yeah. Uh, the simple fact of that. So 
that lets you know, you know, obviously like you did, you absolutely you did everything <laughs> that you possibly could. Yeah. And you did things the right way. Right. That is exactly my life. Even just taking it from day to day, mm-hmm. you, there's mm-hmm. decisions that you make in your life and you go back and you're like, am I making the right decision? Did I put myself on the right path? You know, mm-hmm. but obviously that guy did everything he he exhausted every possible effort, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I honestly, I don't know if I would be able it's, to do that. It's, um, things really did work out uh, with a little bit of luck, a little bit of preparation. And I think um, the way I would kind of uh, phrase the mentality here is you need to do what you need to do in order to get by that day. And you just take it one day at a time. You know, you don't take it as this giant momentous hurdle of, well, I start here and I got to get up and finish there. You just go, you know, let me take the first step. Okay. I'm a little closer. Let me take the next step. I'm a little closer. What makes sense from here? Let me take that step. And you just kind of, uh, methodically go through it. And I imagine that that's what he had to do in his mind. Okay. I'm trapped. I could be here a long time. Let me start rationing my food. Let me try to get myself out without, you know, hurting myself okay, that's not working. I don't know when I'm going to be found. I might have to pull myself out of this situation. Can I do that? I've got this multi-tool. Well, that's not going to cut through the big bones in my arm. What am I going to do there? And holy moly, my arm is decomposing. Now's the time. Okay. I got to break those bones in my arms now, which still kind of gives me shivers Uh. thinking about (laughs) That is not, yeah, and that is not something I would be able to do, man. Like, what bravery that guy had. You yeah, know? holy so, moly. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I could do that for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go to my story. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this hippo. Yeah. So I'm very excited about this because, uh, you know, looking for stories, you want something new and different. And mm-hmm. this is as different as it could be because when the hell are you ever going to be, you know, attacked by a hippo? But... <laughs> You know, in Africa, of course. Oh, this was a, it just turned the anniversary. So, oh, wow. This is the story of Kristen Yaldor and her attack by a hippo. Mm-hmm. It was uh, December 1st, 2018, and it was Kristen's 37th birthday. So, her and her husband, oh. Ryan, had set out for a leisurely day and a canoe ride in Western Zimbabwe. Did I say that right? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, they were accompanied by another tourist and two guides, which was to be like a beginning canoe ride. These were for beginners. Okay. So, and it was kind of a leisurely kind of stroll of a canoe ride. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, any kind of rapids or, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were taking a picture of all the nature around them. And one of the guides called out to the group to paddle towards the left bank. So the guides had actually spotted hippos on the mm. right of the bank mm-hmm. and they wanted to, the guests to move away from them. Right. To clear so, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As Kristen started to paddle, she saw something break from the water and it was under her canoe. So it oh. broke from the water, got under her canoe. Her canoe was hurled into the river and she didn't know that it was a hippo at the time right. but that was charging under the water. As she came to the surface of the water, she saw that Ryan was swimming to shore. So his canoe had also tipped over and was thrown into this murky water. Yeah. So she starts swimming to shore, following him. And she was almost to land 
when she felt something clamp down on her right leg. No. Yes. So it yanked her underwater and she said it tossed her around like a dog's chew toy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a hippo's mouth too? How large that is, you know? Yeah. Just clamping down. And that's a solid clamp too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Ryan turned around at this time and saw his wife pop out of the water with her right leg still in the hippo's mouth. So, you know, he's swimming to shore, like what happened? Mm Because he got flipped over, looks back to see this hippo has his wife in his mouth, you Mm -hmm. know, just then the hippo submerged her. Um, So they were nowhere to be seen. The hippo had actually taken her underwater. So as this was happening, she immediately calmed herself. This was a an instinct she actually picked up in scuba diving with sharks. Yeah. So this was, you know, as we always talked about, you kind of pull from your instincts, your interactions like throughout life and, you know, just to to fix whatever is going on right in front of you. Right. So, yeah, so she was able to calm herself. Uh she thought to herself, "Don't panic. Hold yeah. your breath." Yeah. So Kristen was feeling herself running out of air and she grabbed the mouth of the hippo to try to pull it off of her leg. Uh, the, the hippo and Kristen were fighting for some time when it finally released her. Uh-huh. So as soon as it released her, she started swimming back to shore. Uh, she said she was scared the hippo would attack again. Her husband helped her back to shore. She could see that her leg was a mangled mess, she said, Ooh. and the pain was starting to set in so previously you know it was all the adrenaline and now the pain is starting to set in Kristen's leg was torn open from her upper thigh all the way to her knee so she was yeah so during this time she's still trying to keep calm as one of the guides is applying a tourniquet to her yeah Uh, she borrowed Ryan's phone it was about 2 a.m in the U.S. But her mother picked up anyway. Mm-hmm. And then her mother asked, because it was her birthday, her mother asked if she wanted her to sing happy birthday to her, <laughs> you know, as she was answering the phone, to which she broke the news to her that she was attacked by a hippo. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're in Zimbabwe. So again, this isn't America. This isn't, you know, a place where you could easily take a ride to the hospital. This mm-hmm. is very scary circumstances. So she was rushed to a small clinic where she was transferred to a hospital. Mm-hmm. This journey took 14 hours. From the from small the hospital attack. to the large hospital? Oh, oh from, the, from the moment of the attack. From the, from the time of the attack to getting to an actual hospital. So at first, they just took them to a clinic. Yeah. That's the closest thing that they're even right. able to get to. Right. Then the journey again. So she's rushed to the small clinic. The journey took 14 hours from the time of the attack. So that that's critical. You yeah, know? absolutely. So Ryan heard most people who is her husband. Ryan heard most people who survive hippo attacks don't actually make it to the hospital. Right. If this hippo's bite had been anywhere else, she may have bled out. Mm-hmm. The hippo's teeth caused a ragged fracture in her femur. That is freaking horrible. Because uh, Yeah. To be a, to break your femur, that's hardcore. And her leg uh, wound would have to remain opened until two types of bacteria from the river were subsided. So uh, they had to keep this, this basically keep the wound open. Oh. Uh. Yeah. 
So the doctors didn't really have a prognosis on uh-huh. how long their recovery would take, since uh-huh. actually most people don't survive hippo right. attacks, you know? So this was definitely different. So far, she's had 14 surgeries and still will be undergoing uh, more as of 2020. She was still going to be uh, still in her getting... recovery process. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So yeah. Kristen has said she kept a sense of humor about the attack. Right. You know, she went from not walking about a year ago to actually enjoying her first 5K, which was in January 2020. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. I, so what an adventurous woman, too. But I haven't been attacked by a hippo and I still haven't done any you know, like 1K. <laughs> I actually used to do quite a bit of uh, 5Ks and those obstacles and things like that. But mm. yeah, I, I don't think I would be going back to Zimbabwe, though. I, I would tell you that, you know. Yeah, I, I've I've heard um I've heard a. a tidbit of info or something along that line that the most dangerous creature in all of africa is the hippo uh the number of run-ins that you have and the number of lethal run-ins that you have with a hippo are are much higher than anything Anything else you can imagine alligators crocodiles hyenas lions Lions. yeah tigers and bears oh my Um, (laughs) but but hippos will they will mess you up is generally what i hear yeah the fact that you don't survive that and you know, we always think like, oh, go off and, you know, travel and go to an adventure mm-hmm. and this and that. And then here you find yourself in Africa and you're like, dang, like there's not even a hospital around, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like there's not. Yeah. 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine 14 hours? You're bleeding, you know? Yeah. Like and, and you have you, to. You've got an open wound on your leg and you, you just survived an yeah. animal attack. That's crazy. And the fact that they just flat out said, like, most of the doctors are like, we don't even know her prognosis because nobody survives, you know? <laughs> Please contact us after you've recovered <laughs> yes. and tell us all about it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, so, yeah, that's my story for today. That's, so. that's incredible. <laughs> I know, right? Hopefully this goes well so we could record a lot more episodes this way, you know, so we could stay safe. Yeah, this is for for our listeners. This is this is the first recording we're making uh, at a distance. You know, every every recording previous to this has been uh, in the same room. I think we've mentioned that before. You know, in terms of the audio quality, we're kind of starting up. You know, we're working on it, but this is the first attempt at a distance recording. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be different. What an adventure. <laughs> That's our story for today. So uh, social media, you could always follow us on They Actually Survived on our Facebook, on our Instagram, Twitter, to find out more information about episodes in the future coming out. We do come out with episodes every other Monday. So uh, you could always Mm -hmm. follow us and you could always look on our website too. If you don't listen to podcasts normally through, you know, providers like uh, Apple and Google Podcasts. What do you do? What do you listen to? You don't really listen to podcasts too much, huh? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I do Spotify. I I Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts on Spotify. So I think I listen to about maybe 10 podcasts right now. Crazy. So you're not really a podcast person too much, huh? I am not knowledgeable at all. I've listened to one (laughs) other podcast um, besides ours, and it 
I just kind of stumble in it. What's what's it called? And then I like Google it and I'm like, can I listen to it here? Okay. <laughs> and I just listen to it to whatever site comes up. I, yeah, I don't, exactly. Well, I'm not that's, loyal to anything. Yeah. That's why I did add it onto our website as well. Yeah. You know, so for people who thank don't... you for that, because <laughs> I would not have been able to listen to our show otherwise. <laughs> So, yeah, of course, I know not everybody's into podcast, you know, per se, but I mean, mm -hmm. I think these are really good stories in a sense of of trials and tribulations, you know, and, and taking the, the human through like just such yeah. tests, you know, to the to the depths of our soul of like how we can overcome these things, you know, and it, I think yeah. it's a good getaway, you know. It, uh, I I I want to think that at the very very minimum, we present these stories in some type of entertaining and digestible format. You know, um, entertainment is kind of our priority, which is why Celine and I might kind of joke and laugh about these terrible situations that people have been through. Because personally speaking, that's just kind of how she and I handle stress, <laughs> our stress. I yeah, mean, we exactly. we have to laugh about it, or else we will not personally be able to recover from it mentally physically along the way we're not trying to uh make too light of a situation that's just how we would cope cope with yeah the, that's definitely my coping mechanism you know is humor and right taking things lightheartedly you know yeah and, yeah and i think the hope beyond the entertainment value of this show we hope that maybe maybe you'll pick up something again we're not experts on survival so you know. <laughs> Apologies in advance, but uh, we hope that should you find yourself in any type of dangerous or, or life-threatening situation, you can recall something, whether it comes from our show or not, I'm not going to make a, a recommendation. The point is, we just want you to survive, <laughs> you know, yeah. make it through, live another day. You can do it. You yeah. can survive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, that's all for me today. Is that good for you? That's good with me. Thanks for listening.